Welcome to The Dirt Show brought to you by Napa Auto Parts. And today I will be joined by the competition director of the SRX Racing Series, Ryan McKinney. We will also hear from the executive director of the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum, Bob Baker, the new promoter of Fairmont Raceway, Zach Gerhardt, and our old friend Speed the Sauce Man from Cookies Barbecue Sauces and Seasonings, right after a few words from our sponsors. Hey, Dirt Show listeners. Need some parts for race night? How about that classic project in your shop? Wish there was a specialty auto parts store nearby? Hot Rod Hardware in West Concord is your answer. Radiators, disc brake kits, steering columns, fuel injection systems, air conditioning systems, coil over shocks, and much more. From the street to the track, Hot Rod Hardware has everything to modernize your vehicle and improve its performance. See us at hotrodhardware.com or call 507 527-1020. Hot Rod Hardware. No robots, just real people. When it comes to choosing your next industrial, commercial, residential, or ag electrician, choose Coles Electric. Offering pole setting, directional boring, underground trenching, boom truck service, security systems, and much more. If you're a Steel Wasika co-op member, there are excellent incentives for installing a solar array with quick payback and years of reliable service. Planning, design completion, or emergency service, see Coles Electric.com or 507-451-1387. Does good food get your heart racing? How about food that's prepared to perfection with your favorite sauces and seasonings? Friends, it's me, the Sauce Man, and I'm here to tell you that if you love full throttle flavor, you're going to love our line of premium barbecue sauces and seasonings. Made with high quality ingredients, you can trust our products to punch up the flavor of your favorite meats, main dishes, and so much more. Get winning recipes and join our sauce squad at cookiesbbq.com. And remember, smart cookies use cookies. Napa know how. The Bucket Sale is back on at your local Napa Auto Parts store. Buy a five-gallon Napa bucket for only $4.99 and save 20% on three or more eligible items that can fit inside. So put on your thinking cap for the best way to fill your bucket and maximize your savings. And Napa can help there, too. Right now, with the $25 purchase, you can get a free Chase Elliott Napa racing hat. But act fast. These offers are only good through April 30th or while supplies last. At Napa, a proud sponsor of The Dirt Show. If you're in need of a worry-free power lift door, then you'll want to stop and talk with Rod French. Make a statement with a power lift architectural door on your home or cabin. Power lift doors can be retrofitted to fit an existing door opening or designed into your next commercial, agricultural, livestock, or aircraft hangar build. Stylish, functional, and built to last. Power lift doors by French's Manufacturing are made locally in Dodge Center, Minnesota by their experienced craftsmen. Contact Kelly or Rod. Power lift doors by French's Manufacturing. 374-9306. Let me tell you, friends, about our store. It's a great place we call Miners Outdoor. Miners Outdoor, your total source Husqvarna dealer in Blooming Prairie, has everything your yard needs. From chainsaws, leaf blowers, and weed trimmers to zero-turn mowers and everything in between. That's what being your Husqvarna total source dealer is all about. Stop in today to see the best selection in quality Husqvarna outdoor power equipment. That's Miners Outdoor, Highway 218, Blooming Prairie. Miners Outdoor, Major Tough. Welcome back to The Dirt Show, and I am joined by Ryan McKinney, competition director for the Superstars of Racing Series. And Ryan, you grew up in Anderson, Indiana, home of the Little 500. What an influential place to grow up if you wanted to be a race fan. Absolutely. You know, obviously, Anderson, we got the high banks 
quarter mile racetrack there. I think when it started back when I was growing up, they used to call it Sun Valley Speedway, and then later changed to Anderson Speedway. But has the little 500 there. Has a great late model. You know, ASA used to come there, and then it and then it turned to just regular super late models. You know, it used to be the Red Bud 400. Now it's the whatever the sponsor is now, but a good 400 lap stock car event. But yeah, that was just a great area. You know, we had Winchester Speedway that was 35 minutes up the road, and we could go to Salem Speedway also that was about an hour and a half or so away. So a lot of really good tracks that put on a lot of great racing. You mentioned that, and Indiana is such an awesome state. Just about any direction you drive, you go past all of these historic racetracks, and that had to have a huge influence on you and your path in life. You know, it's kind of funny. Me and my wife joke about it because she comes from, uh, her dad was an original world outlaw driver, and so she comes from the dirt track world, the uh, open wheel world, and um, growing up as much as Indiana was a hotbed for all the sprints and midgets and IndyCar and all the open wheel type racing, as a young kid, what drew me to racing was stock cars. My uncle was a welder and fabricator at a local company there in Anderson, and he built a race car with his buddies. So he had a an old Camaro a sportsman car that he ran at Anderson Speedway every Saturday night. And uh, back then, even Muncie, which was just right up the road, had a speedway they'd run at and Mount Lawn. So my early love of racing was all stock cars and asphalt and closed fender racing. And then, obviously, over the years, I've grown to really love the dirt track racing and all the open wheel stuff, especially kind of marrying into it. So it's been an interesting journey for sure. And what you just said kind of ties into, I'm a big Rusty Wallace fan, and especially when he was in the Alley Guard Pontiac in the mid-80s. When did you make the move to NASCAR, and when did you work for Rusty? So I moved down to Mooresville, North Carolina in 1997. I had worked for uh, some local drivers from around Anderson, one in particular, Brian Reevely. He was kind of a big name, a local talent. and He won a lot of championships and races at Anderson, and that got him a little bit of notoriety, and he got an ASA ride. So I went and helped him with the ASA car, and that's kind of where I learned to change tires and stuff. And then we did a, back then it was the Slim Jim All-Pro Series, the NASCAR All-Pro Series, kind of the same type of cars. I went with him to do that. So kind of once we raced around a lot of people from the area and big-name people, I and, you know, NASCAR was booming at the time. I decided I wanted to try and make a career out of it. So me and one of the guys that used to work on the car with me, we packed up. He had a little Mustang. I had a Chevy pickup. We put in there what we could uh, fit in. And I think we each had like 2000 bucks in our pocket. And we said, we're going to go down south and try and get a job. And if we run out of money and don't have a job, I guess we'll come home. But it worked out really well. Like I said, 97, and I got a job right away at the uh, Jasper Motorsports Winston Cup team, and kind of the rest is history after that, as they say. I guess I've been here ever since. That is an awesome story, Ryan, because you think of all the people listening that said, oh, I had a dream like that at one time, and I never went for it, and you did. Yep, I had really supportive parents. Me and my dad had the talk, and that's kind of what he told me. He said, give me a little bit of money, and he said, son, go and try it. You know, you don't. It's, it's all right 
it's better to go down there and fail or decide you don't like it than to have never tried it and, and wonder the rest of your life, right? So I feel really good that, that I had really good parents and, and were really supportive. And, you know, a lot of friends that I had made short track racing kind of helped the very first job, an acquaintance of somebody I knew said, hey, yeah, give this kid a shot. So that's how it all worked out. I grew up watching the original IROC racing series, the concept of equal cars with the best drivers from all types of racing. The Unzers, Emerson Fittipaldi, Steve Kinzer, the Andrettis, and more. What do you remember about the early International Race of Champions series? You know, it's funny. I remember uh, the most memories is, you know, it was around the time I was getting my driver's license and you know the hot car back then was the iroc z28 and at that time you know that's uh, the iroc series had made the move to that body style and chevy after the iroc series had had some years of pretty good success uh, chevy named the car after the series right so that's what i remember the most when you say iroc i always picture in my mind that first version iroc z28 the superstars of racing series how did you first hear about it, and when did you decide to become involved? I first heard about it from Ray Evernham. I had known Ray. I'd never worked for him for him at one of his teams in racing, but we were pretty good acquaintances and friends and been around him quite a bit. And I had actually interviewed with Ray maybe a year or two before the SRX deal started up about a position, and it just wasn't the right fit, really, at the time, but I knew I would like working for him someday and I think he saw enough of me that I was kind of one of the first people I think he reached out to. I was employee number one so he called me and told me that he had sold the idea and they had partnership group and it was going to be a go and wanted to know if I'd be interested in coming in and talking to him about it kind of heading up the competition side and, and building all these race cars and doing that so obviously one thing, growing up in Indiana, right, you know, Jeff Gordon has the huge Indiana connection. So I was a big Jeff Gordon fan, and Ray Evernham was his crew chief, and they were so successful and won all those races. So you know, I was a big admirer and fan of his. I believed in the idea, you know, just like you. I loved the IROC series. I thought it was great. And I knew with people like Ray and Tony Stewart and George Pine and Sandy Montag involved, you know, all these great partners that... And, you know, it was going to be something special, and I jumped at the chance to uh, not only be a part of it, but, you know, to be employee number one and be in on the ground floor and, and really build it. And this was no small undertaking. To take this from a concept to the racetrack is a whole story in itself. From scratch, start to finish, who designed and built these cars? Because the whole concept of the series is equal cars, correct? Yep, just like IROC, you know, was. The whole concept and the idea is every one of these cars are exactly the same, set up the same, carbon copies of each other. And, you know, the idea was we bring in and invite prestigious and highly accomplished racing drivers from all different backgrounds, disciplines, and different kind of racing. Invite them in to compete on uh, short tracks in very equally prepared cars. So they'd have a chance at just battling each other see who the best driver is. And that was also one of the big concepts, one of the things Ray wanted to stay with was it was going to be all at short tracks. One, to help promote grassroots short track racing, but also a place where no aerodynamics could come into play or anything like that. It was literally all about the drivers. When it came to choosing drivers, which is an incredible mix, by the way, 
who came up with the group? That first inaugural season, Ray had a pretty big group of idea of drivers in his mind that he wanted to invite. And after that, we would sit around in our staff meetings and kind of have brainstorming sessions and just make a list of drivers of who it would be. Ray had a lot of influence, especially that first year. And actually, some were invited. And with all the COVID stuff that had kind of been happening right before that, I know uh, Mark Weber was actually invited and was slated to be in that inaugural season. And then, of course, he wasn't able to fly over and be a part of it because of all the COVID protocols. But that's kind of how that happened. And this year, we kind of did the same thing. We sat down, had a whiteboard, and we all threw out names, right? And it kind of all agreed on the ones we all liked or thought was a good fit. And it went from there. Watching those first few videos be released on Facebook of the shakedown of the concept cars, the reactions of the drivers as they crawled out of the cars was priceless. I think they knew right away they had something really special going. Yeah, that was kind of one of the early concepts too, right? The design of the car was meant to be able to race at asphalt, short track ovals, at dirt track, short track ovals, and also be able to take them to a road course as well. So to kind of design a car that can go do all those things, you make compromises, right? And they're not maybe best suited for any one of those types of tracks. They're suited to be able to adapt to any of those tracks. So I remember Schrader, the first time we made them first laps, he, he got out and he said, well, you wanted a car that was kind of hard to drive. He said, well, you accomplished it, right? And we all had a big laugh, but that's kind of the idea, right? They're all the same, though. Like I said, they're designed to do anything, so they're really kind of modeled after a road race car. They're straight up. They don't have as much left side weight as you would build into an oval track car. They're straight up. They don't have any offset or anything like that. So if you were building an asphalt weight model or something to take to a big prestigious asphalt race, it's not ideal for that, but that's not what it was about, and that's not what it was designed for. So it's a real good mix. One thing that I've been proud of and I've always noticed is all these drivers, right? You know, we've got Elio Castroneves, Indy 500 champ, right? And Tony Stewart and all these different drivers, they all have the biggest smile when they climb out of the car and they all say how much fun it is. So, you know, I think that's a, a testament to what this group designed and built and put on the racetrack for these guys. They all still want to come back. You know, we've got them calling and emailing left and right and standing in line to get a seat in one of these SRX cars. So that's something cool that we're proud of. And from a fan's perspective, to be able to go to a local short track in your region and see Willie T. Ribs, Awesome Bill from Dawsonville, Bill Elliott, to see those guys up close run this series, what an incredible opportunity. Absolutely. An incredible opportunity for me. I had been, obviously, around a lot of the NASCAR guys a lot, but stepping into doing something like this with the SRX series, I've got to work with just like you said, Willie T. Ribs, Marco Andretti, Tony Kanan, Elio Castroneves. I've got to work with guys like that that I would have had the opportunity to do before. So it's a great mix. I think it's something the fans like. They like seeing that mix of drivers. And not only that, you know, we threw an extra twist in, you know, and let the local hot shoe that is maybe young and up and coming and hasn't made a name for himself yet or never got the shot that they deserve. We throw them in there and give them the opportunity to mix it up with all these awesome, accomplished drivers. So that was another cool factor as well. The size of the team behind the scenes to make this series happen is pretty substantial. It's a huge undertaking to move this all around. It is. 
I was very fortunate to build a first-class, hugely dedicated, hardworking team of people that put not only these cars together, but, but the series. It's not like we just show up at a racetrack and all the infrastructure is in place to put on the event. We not only had the race car, we were the sanctioning body and putting on the event. We had to figure out logistics and how to get them there and you know the sponsor banners. And there's just so much, so much that went into putting the races and the show on that a lot of people don't see. I learned a lot of things from this, you know, from that standpoint of it. A lot of things you don't think about, you just kind of automatically assume they happen or they're there, you know. It was a huge, huge undertaking. And like I said, we had a great team of guys and girls in the race shop itself and in the office and selling sponsorship and, and a bunch of great vendors and partners that helped us out. Huge undertaking. And we couldn't have done it without the team we had and the sponsors and the partners that jumped on board to be part of the team as well. And you mentioned the equal cars with the equal motor packages cause talented drivers to get a little frustrated when they're door-to-door lap after lap trying to make a pass. And we kind of seen that towards the end of the season, Elio Castanevis and Paul Tracy. There's some rivalries heating up in the series. Oh, for sure, for sure. You know, some people, we'd see a few comments here and there. Well, that's, you know, it's, just a TV show. They're not really racing on it. I think any doubt of that you saw <laughs> in that example you gave right there, you know, there was some heated tempers when they got out of the car. And if you don't think every one of these guys, as soon as they strap a helmet on and climb in any race car, anywhere, anytime, every single one of them want to win that race. And uh, it's on short tracks. So there's close quarters and a lot of tight racing. And it showed. It showed up on TV, on CBS, you know, in the broadcast. I mean, these guys all wanted to win. Um, They all wanted to do whatever it took. And it flared some tempers sometimes. So I think that was all that real excitement and emotion is what made it a fan hit this past summer. You know, it was just real and nothing overly overdone. It was just real grassroots racing with the world's best drivers, all competing in equally prepared stock cars. And talking about the addition of primetime TV, it's been great. I think of all of the new fans this series has reached in its first year because people tune in and they think, huh, what is this? Let's check it out. And hopefully they're watching every Saturday night. I think so. Uh, it, It for sure has gained a lot of fans. I think one of the things I like is it, it kind of cross-pollinates fans, you know, because we had IndyCar fans tuning in, you know, that might not have tuned into a stock car race. We had, obviously, the NASCAR and the stock car fans. You got road race fans. We've got all kinds of fans that really enjoyed it because, at the end of the day, it was just good, hard, short-track racing. And I think I think we brought back some fans. Some of the people that really liked the old IROC series or really liked the short track routes of racing and things like that, I think they got back in and really enjoyed it. So I think it's a really good format and package. The six races right in a row, it's, it's not a long, drawn-out season. I think the fans want to watch every single race so they don't miss what happens. And it's on the same time, primetime CBS, every Saturday night, right in the middle of summer. I think just the, the schedule and the format, and all the excitement lead to just one great package. You also mentioned you're not the only 
involved in racing in your family. You recently lost your father-in-law, driver of the number 19 Blue Max Sprint Car, Bobby Marshall. I can't imagine some of the great conversations you and him had, especially at the holidays I hear from race fans. Once the guys start talking about racing, the ladies get up and leave. Yeah, uh, man, a huge, huge loss for, for our family, you know, and, and, and me. Um, I was really close with Bobby, and he's, you know, he's a perfect example of one, one of the great just old-school short track racers. And um, my son races now, too, so he was really involved uh, in that and coming with us all those races and, and involved in Colts racing. But one of the cool things is he got to come to the first SRX race. Him and my wife, Allison, actually drove the motor home out to me at Stafford because uh, it wasn't ready. When I left, had to leave for Stafford for that first race. So uh, he got to come to Stafford and uh, be there. And, you know, he was a big fan of it. He, he thought it was the coolest thing ever. And, of course, he got to talk to some of the race car drivers and some of the guys he hadn't seen in a while. So um, that was a really cool, special uh, moment, you know, especially after after we lost him unexpectedly. So I'm really glad uh, we, me, him, and Allison, we all got to kind of share that together. Your wife, Allison, was also involved with Danica Patrick Racing for seven years. Yep. So that kind of started my wife. She moved down here, and she's got a marketing and communications degree, and she was working in that area and was working at Junior Motorsports at Dale Jr.'s team. And when Danica came to NASCAR that first year, Allison got put on the GoDaddy account, so she got paired with Danica. And um, after working together there for a year, Danica actually hired her personally and my wife, Allison and Haley, Haley had been with Danica before and handled all her years of racing in IndyCar. And it just made sense because my wife was already ingrained and knew all the NASCAR side of things. So those two girls there pretty much did everything Danica for her whole NASCAR career. So that was, that was a cool experience. Kids loved that and, and getting to hang out with her some and, and be around her. So that was a cool deal. I also got to know Allison through the USAC Nationals coming July 8th through the 10th at Houston Speedway in Brandon, South Dakota. This is going to be another great event because of her efforts. Yeah, I was really proud of her for all the work she did there with Matt Wood and that team putting putting that race on. And um, I had a conflict, and I did not get to make it out to the inaugural one. I hope to be able to go this year because... Me and Colt were sitting at home uh, watching it on the TV, and man, that was some great racing. So definitely hope that we can uh, make it out there uh, for this year's event. And hang on to your wallet, Dad, because you're funding a wing cart program out of your own pocket. Yep, yep. Uh, My son Colt, he's eight. He started out in quarter midgets. Um, We ran those a couple years, and then he had the opportunity to run somebody's winged outlaw cart on dirt. And once, of course, you know, having a grandfather that, that was a pretty recognized dirt winged race car driver, you know, he knew all the history and heard all of his papa's stories and, and of course, traveled to all the races with my wife, the Clausen Marshall Bunch. That's part of her family, Richard and Jennifer Marshall, that are part owner in the Clausen Marshall Sprints and Midgets. And he also co-owns Ricky Stenhouse Jr.'s World Outlaw Team with him. So... 
cult has grown up all around it and been around all these guys and he loved the dirt stuff going to all those races and as soon as he got to drive on the dirt that's that's kind of all he wanted to do so we shifted gears over to that winged outlaw cart and uh we're coming up on our second full-time season here and really looking forward to it but he started out as a natural um but like you said get your wallet out every step up we make from here on out the the checkbook has to grow exponentially larger. So we're uh, hoping to find on some big sponsors to keep that boy racing. The 2022 SRX schedule is out. You are spreading the series around to different tracks to expose different fans. Your first race of the season is coming fast Saturday, June 18th at five flag speedway. And that's going to be here before we know it. Yep. Yep, it's coming up fast. Uh, we're getting cars prepared and, and ready, and uh won't be long. Uh, we'll be fitting drivers and getting seat fittings and getting them all fit up. Really excited about this year. we got a great, diverse group of race car drivers, uh, some coming back from last year, some new ones. I think it's a really great group. I really like the selection of the tracks we're going to. You know, the same thing, a couple of the same, and some new ones. So I'm really, really excited about it. Don Hawk and, and all of our people at the SRX office is really excited about it. I think, I think it's going to be a great summer that will be better than last year's. Really looking forward to it. Ryan, thanks for all you do. Thanks for bringing this series to the fans. And I can't wait to see that first race of the season. And thanks for being with us here on The Dirt Show. Really appreciate it, Clay. Thanks so much for having me on. And, uh, yeah, everybody just tune in this summer, first race June 18th. Be live on CBS uh, for the next six weeks in a row. And uh, hope everybody tunes in. And if you want to come to a race, let me know. That sounds awesome. Thanks for being with us, Ryan. All right. Thank you, sir. Now is the perfect time to schedule that spring chemical application, lawn aeration, or landscape project. Book your annual chemical and fertilizer applications for the entire season and get a discount today. Wolf and Sons Yard Service also provides spring yard waste cleanup to get those branches and leaves off your grass for a beautiful lawn this season. Contact Wolf and Sons today at 455-3524. That's Wolf and Sons 455-3524. Why should your business choose Foamcraft Packaging? It's vitally important that you select a partner in the packaging business that has capabilities to satisfy your everyday packaging needs with the versatility to take care of those projects that require specialized treatment. Foamcraft is large enough to tackle all your packaging requirements, yet small enough to provide individualized services to ensure quality products. Office positions currently available See foamcraftpackaging.com or call them at 507-455-2893. Hey everyone, this is Chad Weir's Weir's Machine and Racing Products with today's Tech Tip. Today we're going to talk about our engine and rear end lift handles. These are a real nice piece we've been making for quite a few years. One end has a 3 8 coarse thread stud and the other one is drilled and tapped 5 8 coarse thread. So you can thread four of these into your engine and you and three of your homeboys can carry an engine around or you put two on each side of the rear end and then you and another guy can carry a rear end around very easily. Real nice trick tool, available at weirsmachine.com. As always, check us out online at weirsmachine.com. Thank you. Winning drivers rely on VP Racing Fuels to optimize performance. 
Now get the same benefit with VP Maddox offering race fuel technology for your daily driver. Increase fuel mileage and restore power to your streetcar with VP's fuel system cleaner. Or give your race car a boost with VP's Octanium, improving your fuel's octane by up to eight numbers and giving you the throttle response your performance car was built to deliver. That's VP Maddox, available at your local AutoZone store or at VPRacingFuels.com. Aero Race Wheels was established on the conviction that its dedicated staff could provide higher quality wheels designed specifically to endure the tough requirements and conditions of the racing industry. Most importantly, the wheels need to be manufactured and sold, maintaining an affordable price structure. Aero Racing Wheels has become the largest premier steel wheel supplier, and their product line speaks for itself. Upgrade your racing game today at aeroracewheels.com. Get more muscle for your money with Dixie Chopper Lawn Mowers. We've been handcrafting the toughest and fastest zero-turn mowers for over 40 years. Dixie Chopper offers a full line of residential, commercial, and industrial mowers to meet every customer's needs. Visit your local Dixie Chopper dealer today or visit online at DixieChopper.com. Welcome back to the sponsor segment here on The Dirt Show, and it is always a pleasure to be joined by Bob Baker, Executive Director of the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum, and Bob, our guest today, Ryan McKinney. You had the chance to have the SRX racing experience at Knoxville Raceway last year for their inaugural season, and what a cool series. It really was. Thank you, Clayton, and thanks for having us back on the Dirt Show today with you. It was great having the SRX series with us here in Knoxville at Knoxville Raceway for their first season ever, and we know they're going to move around and visit a bunch of new tracks this year, so they won't be back at Knoxville this year, but hopefully sometime in the future they will return. Something new in 2022, the end of the Salute to Champions display but the debut of the brand-new display, the Salute to Ascot Speedway. It's our tribute to dirt track racing that we're going to start on May the 1st, and that will run through October 1st. And for our first track tribute, we're going to do Ascot Speedway from out in California. It's a defunct racetrack that's not with us, unfortunately, anymore. But we've got eight race cars, sprint cars, midgets, and even a speedway bike that used to race at Ascot to help tell the Ascot story and all the famous drivers that raced at Ascot that made their way not only to the Indianapolis 500, but also into the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame. And what I really like about this idea, there are so many famous tracks that are no longer with us or famous tracks that have been running for years and years and years that you can really put together some neat displays like Manzanita, Williams Grove. I can think of a ton of tracks that would be a great idea to display. Yes, you know, we're starting with Ascot, which is a track that's not in business anymore. But the idea is to visit not only tracks like Ascot, but also tracks that are currently in operation that host major sprint car events across the country, like Eldora Speedway, the King's Royals race, the dirt track in Charlotte races the world finals. Of course, Knoxville Raceway that holds the Knoxville Nationals annually every year in August. And so we're just going to have a good mix of both tracks that are currently in operation and tracks that are no longer with us, unfortunately. So it should be an exciting group of tracks that we do over the years moving forward. This first year, we're going to do Ascot. We've got plenty of video, lots of interviews that were taken during Ascot's heyday, and lots of winged and non-winged cars, along with Parnelli Jones' midget that he raced at the Turkey Night Grand Prix at Ascot many years ago. So we've got lots of famous cars coming for the exhibit, and we think it's going to be something people enjoy. Saturday night, April 16th, 
the fans and sprint cars return back to Knoxville Raceway. I know you're ready to start greeting fans and drivers at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum again. We definitely are. You know, this is a, a big season for Knoxville Raceway. The fair board's been working pretty hard, the Marion County Fair Association, during the off season, and they voted unanimously to increase the weekly purses here. I think the total amount is $130,000 increase that they're putting into all three classes. So every position in every feature race for all three of the classes will all pay a little bit more money than they did last year, help the teams out a little bit, and that is in addition to the big point fund that awaits the drivers that race here every Saturday night at the end of the year. Last year, I think that point fund was right at $300,000, so it's a great point fund that the drivers race for. And then in addition to that, the track has signed an agreement with Musco Lighting to install new LED Musco lights at the racetrack, which will be up by mid-June. I think they said they would have them in place before the NASCAR truck race on June 18th, so we're Excited for the new lights, excited for the increase in purse, and some of the drivers are going to be coming to race with us that haven't been to Knoxville Raceway on a regular weekly basis. So we're excited to get opening night underway on April 16th and get the ball rolling. 2022 is also a chance for another fan to win a brand new Corvette. Yes, our Corvette sweepstakes has really taken a life of its own on. If your listeners are listening really closely, you can learn more and write about it on your phone or your tablet or your computer. You just type in CorvetteC8RContest.com. And we're very fortunate this year. Our 2022 Corvette that we're giving away is one of the 1,000 IMSA GTLM Championship Edition C8R Corvettes that was produced. And so it's a very special model. About a month ago, one of these ran through the Barrett-Jackson auction. It went for $300,000. So it is a very sought-after collector type of Corvette. carries all the IMSA racing insignias on it around the car, and it's just really a beautiful car. It's a hypersonic gray is the color, and it's got the accent Corvette yellow racing stripes on it. So it's, it's a very pretty car, and we've got it sitting in our lobby. If anybody would like to see it when they come to Knoxville to check it out before the races. But we'll do the drawing for this car on Saturday, August the 13th, which is the Saturday of the Knoxville Nationals. And we like to announce the winner always before the start of the A feature. And that's always a lot of fun. So if anybody's interested, just get on your computer and visit CorvetteC8RContest.com. And all the details are there on how you could win this Corvette. And speaking of the Nationals, it's also never too soon to start thinking about plans for the 2022 Knoxville Nationals. Tickets, hotels, figuring out where you're going to stay and how you're going to enjoy the event. Well, you're exactly right. You know, this year's Nationals are August 10th through August 13th. We tell our friends and everybody it's the best four days of the year. It's like Christmas in August for race fans. As Ralph Capitani used to call it, the gathering of the clans. So everybody gets to come to Knoxville and meet all their race fans throughout the years and get to see some great sprint car racing every night while they're here having some fun. So we sell second floor tickets here at the museum where people can watch the Nationals on the second floor for all four nights where it's air-conditioned and you know, it's, it's pretty comfortable if it's hot outside, and even if it's not that hot outside, it's pretty nice to be able to sit indoors and have the bathrooms and everything real close to you and be able to carry your own food and drinks in to watch the Knoxville Nationals. So we look forward to all four nights of the Nationals every year. Our museum store, that's our busiest time of year for the store, and we're just really looking forward to August, but we got to get the season started on April 16th first, so we got to kind of crawl before we start running and walking towards the Nationals. Bob, we had never considered coming to Knoxville without making a trip to the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum. 
If listeners would like to find out more about the floor display, about your gift shop, or anything else you have going on at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum, what's the best way to do that? There's a couple of ways. People can look us up online at SprintCarHOF.com. That's our website. And also, they feel free to give us a call anytime at 641-842-6176. We are open seven days a week, year-round. The only four days we're closed are Easter, Christmas, Thanksgiving, and New Year's Day. So we're here every day, even on Saturdays and Sundays. We're here from noon till 5 in the afternoon. So stop by anytime you're in the Knoxville or Des Moines area. We'd love to have you in the museum to look at the displays, the race cars, movie theater, and get a bird's-eye view of Knoxville Raceway and, and just have some fun. Bob, it's great to talk to you again, and racing season is here. Thank you very much, Clay, and thank you for inviting us on the show again this year. You've just had an accident. That's where Bob and his staff at Midwest Collision in Fairbow stand out above the rest. Fast, friendly, and knowledgeable advice from the time you step inside their door. One look at their state-of-the-art facility, paint oven, and computer paint matching capabilities, and you'll know you came to the right place. Next time you need collision repair, think Midwest Collision. Located at Highway 60 east of Fairboat, or call 332-2434. Remember, you bend them, we mend them. Fast Shaft Drive Shafts is the number one carbon fiber, steel, chrome molly, and aluminum drive shaft builder for over 90% of the major modified chassis builders. Now, under new ownership, the mission will not change. Providing drive shafts, drive shaft repair, 9 inch Ford center sections, slip yokes, rear end yokes, ring and pinions, bearings, spools, gears, shim kits, and more to racers everywhere. Call Fast Shafts today. Made by racers. Four racers. 800-622-6617. Here's one of the most incredible lubricating products ever made. Justice Brothers JB80. It's twice as good at lubricating just about everything around the home, shop, and your car. JB80 has a penetrating action that goes straight to the problem areas and even the tightest places. Try JB80, the incredible spray lubricant that's twice as good. And it's guaranteed to satisfy or your money back. See our display at Runnings. Tell them Ed Justice Jr. sent you. The National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum's newest exhibit is going to be our track tribute to Ascot Speedway and will run from May through September this year. Our track tribute to Ascot Speedway will feature eight of the historically significant race cars that raced during Ascot's heydays of dirt track racing on both the big half-mile track and Ascot's quarter-mile track. Also, the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum will feature several racing videos and interviews that took place when Ascot was still in existence, with many of our National Sprint Car Hall of Fame inductees from California and the history of their careers shaped at Ascot Speedway. You can expect to see and learn more about these drivers' accomplishments and Hall of Fame careers at the track tribute to Ascot Speedway this May through September at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum. So if you're a West Coast slide in Sprint Car fan, You won't want to miss our track tribute to Ascot Speedway this May through September at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum in Knoxville. Why choose powder coating over liquid paint finishes? Maximum durability. Extreme powder coatings offer a scientific process that uses heat to bake the colorful finish deep into your product. Extreme powder coatings can deliver multimedia blasting, impact-resistant epoxy primers, and super-durable powder coat applications to meet your needs. Visit ExtremePowderCoating.net for more information. Extreme. 
Whether you're running for the checkered flag, blasting down the strip, or cruising in the boulevard, you want crisp fly response and reliable horsepower. Byers Engine Service offers a full machine shop that can completely machine or rebuild your tractor, race car, or streetcar engine and put some life under your hood. No gimmicks, just horsepower. See BuyersEngine.com or call 507-282-5586. Welcome back here on The Dirt Show, and I am joined by Zach Gerhardt. Zach, growing up near Fairmont and Jackson, racing must have made a huge impact very early in your life. It did. As far back as I remember, I was at the racetrack with Dad and Tom Nealon and James Court. Dad pitted for James back in the day. So we were at the track every Friday and Saturday night, whether it was Fairmont or Jackson, until James retired or quit racing. And I took a few years off there until Mom and Dad started sponsoring Kim Flores' stock car, which was right around 2000-ish, I think. I actually did the pitting then. In high school, I uh, think I was the mud boy for Kim for three years. Zach, you are also an area business owner. Talk about your business and what products you provide and carry for area listeners. Yeah, so in Sherburn, Minnesota, I own Zach Sales and Service, maybe known more by the hashtag Zach's Trailers. We sell and service utility trailers and car trailers, open and enclosed trailers, steel and aluminum. We stock a huge inventory and then have a full-service shop to do all the warranty work of everything we sell and to work on trailers that we didn't sell. This plays in to the racing scenario quite a bit. Every race car has got to come to the track on a trailer and hopefully leave on the same trailer. So a lot of our clients are into racing. A lot of our clients are buying trailers or obviously already own a trailer and need help fixing them. So racing fits both my personal and professional environments. As an adult, when did you get involved in racing as far as sponsorship? Because I've seen your name on some great area race cars. So it wasn't until 2019 that I started sponsoring race cars. And it started with my shop guy, Chance Larson, wanting to get into a stock car. And my brother and I helped him achieve that. And then the more I got involved, the more I just kind of wanted the program to be a little more successful, I guess, and helped him into a new chassis and set up in that. And it doesn't seem like I go half throttle into anything. So it's either all the way in or all the way out. We added a modified with Lyle Sadoff to that mix. We added Andrea McCain to our stock car sponsorship as well, and Eric Bassett in a sport mod. And just a couple people that we had professional dealings with and local to us, or we liked what their program was. And it kind of just seemed like it evolved into all of a sudden being at a racetrack three nights a week with chance racing or watching. And then with the opportunity of Fairmont becoming available, I thought given my history in concession business and my current business in the trailer industry, that it only made sense that my wife and I venture into running Fairmont. And we all were following very closely during the off season, everything going on at Fairmont Raceway. And there's going to be some big changes for 2022. And some of those decisions, I'm sure, were not easily made. There definitely were a lot of restless nights or sleepless nights in trying to make the right decisions as far as sanctioning body in the night and how we go forward and what we do going forward with Fairmont. About five years ago, the current promoter at that time had made a deal to switch from Friday to Saturday, and Saturday really failed for Fairmont. Well, after they gave up that sanctioning for Friday night, they just weren't able to get that back, and so they sat in a power struggle. So... We again attempted to get it back for Friday night, and it wasn't available. So we ended up looking at what our competition was in the area, 
throughout northern Iowa and Minnesota, and we landed on Wednesdays. We think Wednesday is a great opportunity for Fairmont and many other drivers alike, just given the break between having Thursday to rework on the car or set the car up for their Friday night program or Saturday night program, that it should be met with great potential. I think the car counts will be successful having no competition. We're getting great feedback from guys that have never raced with us before. As you may be aware, registration is open for the track, so we're scaling some of our success on that registration a little bit, and we're seeing a lot of names that we've never seen before. Your opener at Fairmont Raceway is Friday night, April 29th. You have to be excited about that. And also, when you look at your schedule, August, what a jam-packed month with a stock car special, the fair races, and the tri-state late models. Yeah. Previous years, August has shown to be very successful for Fairmont. So we're going to play back off of that and have some big night racing there. The Frostbuster, it's been a while since Fairmont's had an April race. The way a few things locally fell, we weren't able to get as many April races as we wanted to. But Friday night, April 29th, should be a great night. We're working on a couple sponsorships to see if we can't get a little bit bigger purse for that first night. I'm as excited about it as I think you are. Should be good racing. There's not a lot of competition. There's not a lot of racetracks running at that point. So I think we should have a good start to the year there. If you've been following along on Facebook, we did a full remodel in the uh, the grandstand concession stand. We'll have an all-new menu and a lot of things that you won't find at local racetracks. Steak sandwiches and mini donuts. For the the people that don't know, my parents run a fairly successful concession business, so we've contracted them to run that at the racetrack. Well, that brings us a larger depth of equipment available to us and brings us a lot more things that we can do uniquely and just really stand out amongst everybody else in the business. Zach, you are a huge supporter of your community, the residents and the counties surrounding where you live here in southwestern Minnesota, and I hope racers, sponsors, and fans come out to support Fairmont Raceway this season. How can they find out more on your full schedule? So it seems we've evolved to Facebook being the immediate release of everything, but we do still have a website, and we try to get all the information that goes onto Facebook onto the website. You can find us on FairmontRaceway.com. As we get everything kind of transitioned at the racetrack, we'll have a phone number there and we'll have a prompt message to kind of give you hot lap start times and what specials are and nights that we're racing and sort of things like that. But that's going to take us a little bit to get that squared away. Definitely Facebook is the easiest form to keep up with us, the fastest format. Just search Fairmont Raceway on Facebook and you should find the page or the Beamer Bowl ring for the go-karts. Sometimes they get intermingled, but we do try to keep them a little bit separate. Those are the two ways to get a hold of us right now are the website and Facebook. As we kind of get the bugs worked out and get a little more time, we'll try to add in some other means of contact. Zach, thank you so much for your time and thank you for being with us here on The Dirt Show today. Thanks, Glenn. Whether you're at the work site or the trailhead, you need an ATV that goes above and beyond the expected. With the power and performance to work harder, technology to make every job easier, and a time-tested promise of quality and dependability. When duty calls, you need the 2022 Honda Four Tracks lineup. Available now at Trimble Cycle Center in Austin. Then you'll learn how life is better on a Honda ATV. For riders 16 years and older, Honda recommends that ATV riders take a training course and read the owner's manual thoroughly. Trimble Cycle Center 
Center in Austin, USA's second oldest Honda dealer. Medieval Chassis has been the leader in better engineered stock cars and modifieds for almost two decades. They are now going to become the center of all things mod light in the Midwest. Medieval Chassis will be the go-to shop for all parts in store, online, or by phone for this up-and-coming cost-conscious racing class. Summer 2022, Medieval Chassis will have their mod light platform in action. Kicking off the new Endeavor Medieval Chassis and Cow's Big Deals will be auctioning off a 2023 mod light roller valued at $12,000 in October. Watch Facebook and see MedievalChassis.com for more details. Shevland Enterprises, your locally owned and operated sanitation and recycling service, offers the highest quality garbage removal and trash pickup services at great rates. Commercial, residential, construction, and industrial trash removal and recycling in Owatonna and the surrounding areas in Dodge and Steel Counties. Shevland Enterprises also specializes in roll-offs and dumpster. Contact Chris and his staff today for small town service at a small town price. 528 That's 528-9900. When one of your appliances breaks down, you need help, and you need it fast. Contact Sorensen's Appliance Service. They service the entire Cows listing area. Their employees live in our community and sponsor area racers and softball teams. Sorensen's Appliance Service. People you know that will get your appliances serviced with trained technicians. Contact them today, 256-7766. That's 256-7766. Partnering with hog and cattle producers throughout the United States, Altenburg Construction has almost 30 years of experience in the slat replacement business. Altenburg Construction also uses a custom wash bay to ensure biosecurity to protect your herd. Whether you need an entire site or a single slat, call the professionals at Altenburg Construction at 888-435-2210 or see altenburgconstruction.com. Bulldog Coatings specialize in concrete coatings as well as concrete restoration repair. Hi, I'm Todd with Bulldog Coatings. Our coating systems provide a durable finished floor that is both easy to maintain and adds value to your home. The unique patented Bulldog Coatings are not limited to just garage floors. They can be used for interior flooring as well as pool deck, patio, and sidewalk applications. Our systems can be installed in as little as one day and year-round. We are a locally owned family business ready to serve southern Minnesota. Visit us on Facebook or call us for a free estimate. 837-9773. Let Bulldog protect your floors. Welcome back to our special segment here on The Dirt Show, and I am joined by Speed the Sauce Man from Cookies Barbecue Sauces and Seasonings, and there's no better way to kick off Season 14 of The Dirt Show than with a great recipe that we can take out to the races or the campgrounds and have a little good comfort food while we're out at the racetrack. You got that right, Clayne. I'll tell you what, these old cowboy burritos, you don't even have to saddle up the horse to enjoy them. A company called Lunchtime Solutions, they do a lot of lunches in the school system, and they come up with this using our pulled pork. So here's what it is. You take four pounds of pork shoulder or boneless rib ends, use our recipe that's in our cookbook on page 116 of our cookbook. It's pulled pork oven style. But basically what you do is you take the pork shoulder or the boneless rib end, season with flavor enhancer, a little bit of brown sugar, a little bit of apple juice, a little bit of orange juice, and then put it in a low-temp oven and cook it until that meat is just falling apart tender. And then that's the meat that you use in this recipe. You also need a box of mac and cheese that you prepare, one can of French fried onion, and then a package of 12-inch tortilla shells, and then a cookie's original barbecue sauce. And what you do is you preheat your oven to 325, 
and then prepare the mac and cheese as directed on the package, and then do the pulled pork. You can do that a day ahead of time or right then and there. Don't make any difference, but make sure you get it up to at least 165. And then to assemble them, just lay one of the tortilla shells down and add a half a cup of the mac and cheese down the center of it, and then do about four to six ounces of shredded pulled pork on top of that. And then you put about a tablespoon, I never measure it, but roughly a tablespoon of the canned fried onions on top of that. And then one to two tablespoons of cookies, barbecue sauce on top of that. Roll that all up burrito style, you know, where you roll and then turn the ends in and finish rolling it up. Get that all set up like that, then cover it with foil real good, or you can put it in a sheet pan, whatever you want to do with it. But basically everything is cooked in it, but you can just roll it up, either double roll it up in foil or roll it in foil and put it in one of those throwaway foil pans, either pop it on top of your grill or in a low-temp 250, 300-degree oven. Just heat them back up again. And I'll tell you what, they are mighty tasty. And they can get this recipe. Just go to cookiesbbq.com on our website there and click on recipes and then just put in the word cowboy and hit search, and then this cowboy burrito recipe will come up. Speed, as always, thanks for the great tailgating recipes for the racetrack, and thank you for being with us here on The Dirt Show today. You betcha. Have a good one, Plain, and say hi to all the racers out there for me. The USAC Nationals return to Houston Speedway July 8th through the 10th. Fans leaving last year's race said best race of the year and one race you can't miss. Don't miss your chance to see the top USAC midget and 410 non-wing sprint car drivers in the country. Tickets, three-day packages, and camping on sale now at usacnationals.com. Follow at USAC Nationals on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for the latest updates. See you at Brandon, South Dakota, July 8th through the 10th for the 2022 USAC Nationals. At Land Pros, our team of brokers and auctioneers specialize in farmland sales, live land auctions, and online land auctions across the Midwest with total sales of 190,000 acres. At Land Pros, you get a team of land professionals going to work for you. We pride ourselves on providing local service and knowledge with national marketing and results. If you're thinking of buying or selling, contact Land Pros agent JJ Wise at 641-420-SELL or go to landpros.com. That's L-A-N-D-P-R-O-Z.com. For 50 years, reuse and recycle is not a new concept to us. Miskin Auto Parts has been recycling your old vehicles since the Beatles were still together. Just call us and we'll send one of our friendly drivers right to you and haul away your old retired vehicle. Scrap prices are up, so it's a good time to clean up those unwanted vehicles and get money in your pocket. Give us a call at 507-684-2100 or online at Mizgin.com. Mizgin Auto Parts, in God we trust. Welcome to the Dirt Track segment, brought to you by Cookie Sauces and Seasonings. The World of Outlaw Sprint Car Series was in sunny California last weekend, March 26th at Paris Speedway. David Gravel in the Hewsett Speedway, Big Game Motorsports, Sprint Car taking the victory over Corey Day and Carson Macedo. The USMTS King of America was also racing at Humboldt Speedway, was going on last weekend. Some of our local guys were down there racing in the 60-lap A-Main. Jake O'Neill over Darren Farquaugh and Rochester's Dustin Sorensen finishing in third. Hi, this is Harvey West, and you've been listening to The Dirt Show. See you at the races.